0: the big top five episode of all time, 100th episode spectacular. It's Financial Planning for Entrepreneurs. I'm Matt Robeson with Mike Morton, the guest and host <laughs> and owner of the Mike Morton Podcast. Mike, how you doing?
1: Hey, Matt. It's great to You're see you, You're looking pretty good for 100. Yeah, not bad. 100, man. That's pretty good. It's not bad, man. Yeah. That's a good start.
0: <laughs> yeah. So Sorry. what we're doing today is, this is fun. You have gone into the data you've gone into the analytics it's not that hard you counted numbers and we're going to go through the your top five most downloaded episodes first of all i'm delighted to see that i appear on only one of them so my first question to you is
1: what are we doing wrong (laughs) exactly yeah you and i it's not matt it's not it's it's not working out yeah (laughs) <laughs> it's, I'm
0: also all joking aside about me. It's interesting to me that you've been very conscientious about this. You've been thoughtful about it. You've you've evolved what you've done on the show over time, and you've gone from. A show that was about financial planning for entrepreneurs that was very much pitched at this is a more technical show it's a more let's get down into the weeds kind of show for a very specific audience and you've broadened it to financial life planning which kind of encompasses the broader picture of first of all what you do and second of all what your clients talk to you about and it's not all finance it's hey i gotta figure out how to manage this thing in my life but of these topics i think what we're going to get into are some pretty technical topics. So it's just, it's interesting to me. What did you take from that?
1: Yeah, it is. It's that's a good one. I've kind of moved away, trying to move away from the technical because I feel like what we are talking about in some of these episodes gets very numbers driven. And I think that kind of content is a little bit better to read. You can find anything on the internet, podcast, articles, whatever it is. I think some of those are a little bit better to read. And I figured a lot of our talk is a little bit better to listen to when it's the life planning, the things that are relatable into what you're doing day in and day out. So it is interesting. I just pulled these. The top five episode topics, and I just want to hit on the topic. And of course, in the show notes, you can go back and listen to these. So we'll just kind of hit on the topics, so that I thought this episode would be good. Just top topics that people found most interesting. They were the most downloaded topics. And so, if you haven't listened to all 100, I don't. First of all, why have you not listened to all 100 episodes? You should. But if you haven't, if you've missed something, then this is just going to be a quick blast. Of some topics and if you find one of these interesting to you that you want to dive into more then there you go there's some back content you can go and listen to and of course research more on your own
0: so i obviously did not know what these top five topics would be so you sent me a list and i'm a rebel man you sent me a top five list but we're going to do this countdown style we're going to go from the bottom up not top down the fifth most downloaded topic that we've covered oh i might have done this with you you might have it's, it's how to use your HSA as a retirement account, Mike. What the hell is an HSA? <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. So let's do this. This is my favorite, my all-time favorite account, HSA, the health savings account. It is the only type of account that has triple tax benefits. Matt, you never pay tax on this money. You know all that that money that you make all the money that I pay you for hosting my podcast, all of that money is being taxed by the government, right? You're always taxed on income. Oh, the government's (laughs) going to be disappointed. They're going to be disappointed in that one. (laughs) So you're always taxed on that income, right? And usually you don't see it. It's off your paycheck. You're also taxed on capital gains. So anytime that you make money, the government's in there, you're taking a little slice of it. So this is the only account that. You don't pay taxes on that money ever. You put money in and you're not taxed. It grows and it's not taxed by investing it. And then when you use it for qualified medical expenses, it's also not taxed. So it's the only account that has that. That's why I love this account. So if you have access to a health savings account, you can use it not only for current medical expenses and get that tax-free saving, but you can invest your health savings account in the stock market, basically low-cost index funds, let it grow for decades at a time, and then you can use it in the future once it's grown to a nice healthy amount and it's still gonna be tax-free. So
0: this is a swindle. This sounds like some BS, man. It's a health savings account. H, health, it's right in the damn name, Morton. So you're telling me that when they say (laughs) health savings account. This is like the Seinfeld routine. You made a reservation. You took the reservation, but you need to hold the reservation. It says health. And what you're telling me is, no, no, they don't really mean that. You can actually use it for your retirement
1: yeah, shh, don't tell anyone. (laughs) Don't tell anyone. The IRS comes up with these great rules. Oh, we're going to do all kinds of rules and regulations about medical insurances and stuff. So they came up with this idea of high deductible plans, people more responsible for their own health. And so higher deductibles, but we'll give them this benefit of this health savings account that you get the tax benefit for that. And then of course, being humans, and advisors in the financial industry. And we're like, wait a minute, we could play around with these rules. (laughs) We could use them to our advantage. So yes, it is a health savings account and you only get the tax free on the way out when it's for qualified medical expenses. But here's the rub, Matt. You can, as long as you have a health savings account this year, keep track of your medical expenses, keep those receipts. You don't have to pay them this year. You can reimburse yourself down the road. And so that's how you put this strategy together. Put money in, invest and let it grow, and in 20 years, pay yourself back for all those medical expenses. All
0: right. For our audio only <laughs> listeners, I am doing that thing where you pinch the bridge of your nose to show that you're deeply frustrated and you just can't believe what you're listening to. Can I tell you why for a second? I am, and I know, our longtime listeners have probably detected this, I'm not a financial expert. My background <laughs> is, I was a congressional staffer for 10 years, I work in public policy and politics. Do you know where health savings accounts came from? This is why I know that this is all a scam. <laughs> oh boy. They were created in 2003 when George W. Bush was president. I'm not about to rip on Republicans, I'm a Democrat. I I love Republicans, Republicans are great. I have many Republican friends, fantastic. But this was a scam from the get-go because what they did not want to do was to actually give people low-cost health insurance. So what the idea behind this scheme was that if you're in a high deductible plan you could have a health savings account. And the whole political idea was you should just save your own money. Because in general, conservatives, this is a legit political philosophy. And I'm not totally against it. Like, I respect this. The philosophy is we should just empower people to do things themselves. Make your own savings. Put aside your own money. Like, rather than have a government program. This, is, this makes sense. Not another government program. You just save your own money. I kind of can, can understand and respect that. But what you're telling me, Mike Morton, is that from the get-go, this workaround, so that they wouldn't have to do what the government did 10 years later and say, actually, if you're going to have like health insurance, it has to like insure you and cover you. That should be what it is. Th- they did this thing where they said, no, you can just have this account. And it's going to have all kinds of tax benefits. And we're going to give it to you. But what you're now telling me is, and as a super secret thing, it's just a slush fund. Just save it for your retirement.
1: Do whatever the hell you want with it, it is.
0: and get triple tax benefits. Yeah. Oh my gosh,
1: triple tax benefits, baby. But it's like everything. Everything else had good no, intentions didn't. at the start. No, it did. We'll figure out how to use the rules. Yes, well, it did. All right. I don't know how good. <laughs> it's good. I am. A, I'm in favor. I'm in favor of people having lots of choices, being in charge of their choices and what they want to do. And that's what I like about this is that it is a high deductible plan. So it puts more of your health choices in front of you. But as we've said many times, choice is not always the best thing, right? Too many choices. So yes, use the HSA this way if you have the opportunity, just like we could talk about how the rich have multiple mortgages and how they don't pay taxes. We've had episodes on that. So we'll always bend the rules, use the rules for our advantage, whatever we can.
0: All right. Since I just pooped all over the legislative history of this, I do want to commend what you were just saying is true. Like we've done episodes on how there is this thing that the rich people do where they rotate, they you can take a loan and you can arbitrage your rates and all this stuff. And we've actually done an episode on like, actually, it's not just for rich people. Like you could do this. (laughs) I could do this. What I do love about this is that there is a benefit that, anybody can take advantage of you just have it. And so this is an awesome news you can use here. And so I don't want to give away too many of the mechanics cuz I now remember we we go into this in the episode itself. So the name of the episode is How to Use Your HSA as a Retirement Account. And if you're if you're looking for something like this, I just think people should go back and listen to the episode itself. You can they can find it on mortonfinancialadvice.com or if you follow this podcast, if it's in your if your feed and you've subscribed, just go back, find that episode.
1: Sound good? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And one more takeaway, during open enrollment, which is usually in the fall, if you have access to a high deductible plan with an HSA, I highly recommend that you take a look at that. Always healthcare first for you and your family, make sure it's the right plan. But I would definitely take a look at that. I've worked with a lot of clients transitioning to high deductible plans with HSAs. So there's another takeaway for you. But Matt, I think we've got like four more to get through, man. So that's what I'm doing. Rolling. That's
0: what I'm doing. I'm transitioning <laughs> to the next one. So I remember the next one well. It's, I, it reminds me of the movie The Wedding Singer. It, As we talked about it, I was like, news that would have been useful to me yesterday because <laughs> this is about ETFs versus mutual funds. And before people go to sleep, the hidden secret here is that this episode explains, you explain, why so many of us, including me, got a gigantic freaking tax bill last year. It was so painful. And as you're explaining this, I was like, oh, can I get out of this? And you're like, sure. If you have a time machine, I was like, screw you, Morton. So (laughs) what's the nub of this episode?
1: ETFs and mutual funds, quick overview. These are two different wrappers around a basket of investments. You've heard of low cost index funds. You own the S&P 500, there's 500 companies, but you can buy one thing and own all 500. So that's an index fund. Now that index fund could be an ETF version or it could be a mutual fund version, all right? And think of them as like a wrapper around that those 500 stocks, but the wrapper's different. Okay, so mutual funds operate differently than ETFs, all right? So that's the background. You can buy either one of them and it says mutual fund or it says ETF, usually. There's all different nuances, but let's get to the let's get to the chase here. Target date funds are really good to use in your retirement accounts. I don't recommend using target date funds in your brokerage account. And specifically, target date funds that are mutual funds, and that's where Matt got into tax problems (laughs) and had to pay capital gains that he didn't even realize. So I would shy away from target date funds in your employer retirement accounts. They're great for do-it-yourselfers, but don't use target date funds in your brokerage account, and specifically mutual funds, okay? So that's the upshot. The other thing is that I really prefer ETFs over mutual funds. In all cases, ETFs are just a newer version. I told you they're wrappers. It's a newer version of this wrapper. And pretty much in all cases, it's a better wrapper. So if you're out there and you're just like, ah, Mike said mutual fund, just choose the ETF version. Okay? The only reason that mutual funds do have an advantage, one of the reasons is you can, if you do an auto savings, we talked about doing auto savings for different reasons. Auto savings, you can auto invest with mutual funds Easier than you can with ETFs. But that's the only that's the only caveat. Otherwise, ETF version.
0: That really was the rub of all of that. First of all, I wasn't kidding about like information that would have been useful to me yesterday because like many people, I didn't know about the distinction, the easiest glide path, right? Like I just put my stuff into the available target date fund, patted myself on the back, so proud of myself. And then yeah, like many people last year, I got
1: absolutely walloped. <laughs> by capital gains. And I just, I was like, what the ETF? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's annoying and frustrating. It's always been a part of mutual funds, but now we don't have to. Now you can use ETF versions. And like I said, they're just a newer technology. They've been around for 20, more than 20 years but i like them so i would just use that version today so there are
0: two episodes on this for people who really want the answer and like a little bit more of that nuance of why mike you preferred the etfs what exactly went down why we saw those big tax bills what what some of the nuances are here kind of like how to work around the nuances of each of these types of investments and they're in two episodes called etfs versus mutual funds Okay, let's move on. All right, right. so now we are moving out of the segment of top five shows that I've done with you, and we're boldly going where no Matt has gone before into this next topic. (laughs) Boy, I don't know, man. You're going to have to really try and make this sound sexier than it is on the surface because it sounds like basically, let's call this some droid versus Han Solo, okay? Because what it is is it's Sep Ira versus Solo 401k. (laughs) Okay, George Lucas, explain to me why this is interesting.
1: Yeah, I think this might've shown up because it is a topic that people search for (laughs) a lot. Why? that's probably why, you know, why? It's very important when you are a small business and you want to start an employer retirement plan, this is your first question is, what kind of employer retirement plan? And there's two popular ones. There's the 401k and there's the SEP IRA. So this was an episode I did with Megan Russell, shout out to Megan. Who's fantastic. We've done quite a few episodes together, but this one SEP IRA versus 401k is just exploring those employer retirement plans, which is better for you. And specifically more like small business. Once you get to large businesses, they're usually the 401k stuff. So this is, if you've got a small business, which of these is better here the rub mat takeaway, the solo 401k or the 401k for your small business is pretty much always gonna be better so as Megan says every business deserves a 401k so that's the kind of takeaway here but there are some nuances the SEP IRA can be good for doing Roth conversions over to Roth IRA it can be good because you can implement it at the start of the year like here we are before tax season you could open a SEP IRA and put in money from last year into the SEP IRA you can't do that with a solo 401k it's got to be open during the calendar year so there's a couple of nuances But if you're just a small business ready for an employer retirement plan, I highly recommend looking at the 401k.
0: All right. So that's my takeaway here. Just the simple version is go with Han Solo. Droids,
1: we don't serve their kind in here. That's right. Exactly. I might actually remember that. (laughs) (laughs) yeah <laughs> there you go the other thing i will mention this is solo 401k which is what we talked about and i love solo 401ks for all those entrepreneurs out there and also people that just have a little side hustle where unlike matt and his hosting podcast side hustle if you actually make money on your side hustle then i love solo 401ks and so they're a great opportunity for saving more on taxes
0: i want to just clarify that i don't make any money with you that's the, <laughs> that's the key point here it's it's uh, my mike morton business is a volume business only that's <laughs> um, right <laughs> I, so this one is this one is literally called sep ira versus solo 401k they have these catchy, tools catchy. online i know they have these tools that will help you evaluate how exciting and enticing your headline is and it'll give you a score I am seriously going to enter this one in. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do this live on the air right now. I'm going to do this right now. I'm not teasing about this. I just want to see. My last podcast score that is in Beyond Politics got an 84 out of 100. So that's that's pretty good, as as Barack would say. I'm
1: thinking if this, this gets, one's pretty catchy. If this one
0: gets it, literally I've never seen a score below 59. So let's see what happens here. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. 38! You are <laughs> yes. 38. You are rocking it. But look, by talking about it this much, we've at least made it memorable. SEP IRA versus Solo 401k. All right. Oh, this next one is awesome because all you put in your little note about this is, I'm not making this up, money laundering with an exclamation point. I want to hear all about this. Teach us how to money launder, please, Michael Cohen and Donald Trump. This is called How to Maximize Employer benefit. What's
1: this about? Yeah, I know nothing else. In the yeah. Money laundering. <laughs> money laundering. This is money laundering. Good. It's the good kind of money money laundering. <laughs> this is that actually here, Let me attribute that where I got it from. This podcast was done with my great friend Meg Bartelt, and she has that. It's the good kind of money laundering where you're taking your personal money and moving it around from one account to another. And the upshot here is couple things. This is how to maximize your employer benefits. And this is really important. And I run across this all the time with all of my clients, okay? There's a lot of benefits that you have via your employer. And what are you taking advantage of? You've signed up for a health plan and you're putting some money in the 401k. But there's many more benefits that they have that you just aren't taking advantage of. So many times in, the, in a couple of them that we discuss all the time, In your 401k, often you have the opportunity to use the Roth or the traditional or even an after-tax contributions into your 401k. And these are massive savings over each year. And the other is an employee stock plan. Many employers, public companies, they have an employee stock plan. And you can take advantage of that and literally just get some free money. All right. So there's free money kind of sitting on the table there with these employee stock plans. Now, so one Take a look at your employer benefits, make sure you're maximizing those. But secondly, the thing I run across is, but Mike, I pretty much spend, like I put away in the 401k and maybe I do some IRA, individual retirement accounts, and I pretty much spend the rest. I can't put more money like this after tax 401k. You're asking me to put more money into, the, into there and I spend my money. Okay, fair enough. Okay, you're putting some aside, that's good. You got some good savings, but then you're also spending the rest and you can't save even more. But then I noticed that you've got some money that you have saved the last 10 years in your checking savings and general brokerage account. So you've got some money and this is the money laundering part, Matt. So instead of not saving in the tax-deferred tax-free accounts, we're gonna take from your paycheck and put money into those tax-deferred tax-free accounts. And we're going to spend money from your brokerage account to make ends meet for 2023. I see. And that's the money laundering. You've got your income at the top of the pyramid. You're shoving more into tax-free, tax-deferred accounts. But that means you have to spend to make your expenses this year. You need some more money. You spend it from your brokerage account. So it's as if you laundered some money from your brokerage account into those tax-free accounts tax deferred account
0: that actually makes some sense to me right because that's what money is for is to be able to pay for goods and services and you do need to do that That is pretty nifty so it does sound like there are a few kind of ins and outs of this that it's worth understanding if people want to understand those this episode is called how to maximize employer benefit (laughs) that episode title by the way yeah, what kind 60, of score it gets a 62 so into <laughs> okay. barely passing territory if we were in harry potter you've gone from troll to dreadful
1: so that's, <laughs> that's good awesome. for you man all right <laughs> yeah, all right um, let me and let me just highlight that one one last time sure, two takeaways sure. from that make sure you know your employer benefits and you're taking advantage of all of them and if you do have access to after-tax 401k contributions and an employee stock purchase plan and you're not already taking advantage of them, do some homework and research and listen to that episode.
0: Absolutely. No, that that makes sense. And I like the fact, I like the fact that it's all kind of laid out in that detail. And look, we're saying at the top of the show, like there's some topics that you think People want to read through themselves to fact sheets and et cetera. Some people kind of want to understand in the flow of a conversation. And it's it's great that episode does that. All right. It's time to reveal the number one. It's it's another – I'm not going to lie to you, man. I'm not going to lie to you. This title is dreadful. And I'm also doubly (laughs) disappointed. You talked about triple tax benefits. I have triple disappointment with Mike Morton because, first of all, you and I have talked about this issue. We've talked about this topic before. But for some reason – the more downloaded version of it is the. Yeah. I'm disappointed, crestfallen about the title, which get a score of 39. By the way, it does. 39. You're 38. Yeah, <laughs> you're back in troll territory here. But the topic is really amazingly useful. We just talked about it recently. It's called Roth IRA for minors.
1: Yeah. The Roth IRA for minors. And the reason this is the most downloaded, Matt, is just Megan's way more popular than you. And I, I gather, got downloaded. Thanks. <laughs> yes. I did put that no together. Are you f- more crestfallen now? <laughs> I'm... Hold on. I have to switch from headline scores to thesaurus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. While you're doing that... Yeah, that this episode's great. And what we get into here is more the what is a Roth IRA for minors, and, but specifically around the for minors part and really even young kids. Megan started this when she had very young kids. And so we go into that. You could start a Roth IRA for a one, two, three year old. Matt, I actually have clients that, are, that have done this, but she's done it in terms of just household chores and making a few dollars and using it to teach finances as her young children grow up. We've talked about that as well. So if we get into some of the details, what is, how to open these things, custodial Roth IRA from, for your minor, how you can contribute to them and all that. But it's fantastic. And I highly recommend this. If you have the opportunity, we were just talking in a recent episode about saving a few dollars for your kids. Right. Once you can get that into a tax-free forever account, we do have to do an episode, Matt, around some actual numbers and blow people's minds in the compounding interest. We said 3000 turns into 50 million dollars but that you can only do that if it grows tax-free if I show you if you're growing that in a taxable account then it's going to be half that it's crazy taxes are amazing compound interest is amazing but so is a drag when it comes to taxes so that's where the Roth IRA comes in especially for kids that they can really start getting ahead they're young they have a long time horizon and just a few dollars makes a tremendous difference it, I do want to
0: just underscore the broader point here, which is what we did in the recent episode, but was talk about the why of all of this, why this, just the concept of money is so useful, is so important, what a huge difference it can make. And then we got a little bit into the, I wouldn't say the how, but the sort of like the what, which was, you know, how easy this really could be. If you just do a few simple steps, what's what is great about this episode is that really gets into kind of the mechanics and the numbers and like what this would look like. And I find I find the whole presentation very compelling that, you know, like I believed it, but super duper believe it when you lay out just the gap that you can get using this hack, for lack of a better word, like the kids would say today. So it's called. Score of a 39, guys. 39, How could you miss it? (laughs) Roth, I for minors. But I'm being serious. I'm being tongue-in-cheek, but I'm being serious. Don't be put off by the sort of, like, technical-sounding title. It is a let's walk through this, why, what, and how. And that's super useful.
1: May not be a catchy title, but actually very good for searchability.
0: All right. So, look. Well, we are we are about to wrap here. This was actually a lot more fun than I thought it would be. Wait, uh, oh, I saw come that. On, I did... Matt, don't you don't you always show up to these knowing we're gonna have a lot of fun? No, <laughs> but... I have a giant ego, and I when I saw that I was only in 40% of this, I was like, eh, how great. This was actually great. So while we were talking, I looked up in the headline tool, and you know what we're gonna call this episode? Top five brilliant money hacks to save you thousands. Headline score of <laughs> eighty-five. My highest record ever is 86. Wait, we just, we can't call it episode best of? No, no, the alternative title that I'm also tempted with is Sep Ira versus Solo 401k. It's also in the running.
1: Droid versus Han Solo. That might actually do better. All right.
0: Mike Morton, financial, it used to be financial planning for entrepreneurs. Now it's financial life planning. Thanks so much.
1: Thanks, Matt. Thanks for joining us on Financial Planning for Entrepreneurs. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to and rate the podcast on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can connect with me at LinkedIn or MortonFinancialAdvice.com. I'd love to get your feedback. If you have a comment or question, please email me at FinancialPlanningPod at gmail.com. Until next time.